0: Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is M'Fun, and I want to welcome you to your favorite diaspora show, No Hot Smoke. Now, I know I say this all the time. I know I say, I'm going to welcome you to your favorite diaspora show. And some of you are probably thinking, well, I'm just listening for the first time, so how can you be my favorite? Trust me, it can totally be your favorite. So just, just kind of hang out for a few more weeks, and then it will quickly become your favorite. But anyhow, for those of you that are listening to you, uh, on this show, what we try and do is we try and, the main goal of the show, it's our hope that on after you listen to the show, you'll be able to relate to some of the stories that we have on the show and to some of the guests that we have on the show. And the reason we want you to be able to do that is because at the end of the day, We want you to take those stories and those experiences from our guests and translate that into your own diaspora experience that way you can figure out how you can bring positive change to or shed a positive light on your own country or the motherland as a whole and so we do this by highlighting diaspora stories or diaspora events or things of that nature anything kind of diaspora and so diaspora when we say diaspora we talk we're talking about people that are from Africa. So we highlight the experiences of individuals from Africa, and we're very candid. So it's up, down, and sideways truth of living life outside of Africa, aka the motherland. And we really emphasize the importance of remaining authentic in those experiences. Because if you don't remain authentic in those experiences, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to wake up one day and say, I'm going to go do something that's going to make a positive change when you're coming off of experiences. It doesn't really work that way. Maybe for some people it does, and I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to go into any politics here, but maybe it works that way for some people, but normally it doesn't. So that's what we do on this show, and so I want to thank you guys for tuning in as often as you guys have been tuning in. Uh, so thanks to the newbies. I like calling the new listeners, the new lovers of No Hot Smoke newbies, and they will soon become Non-newbies, maybe you can call them I don't really like the word oldies But you know, they'll become regulars So thank you guys for tuning into the show And thank you guys who always listen in Every second and fourth Saturday of the month We have transitioned over to podcasts As some of you guys know So our episodes are available on podcast And you can find us on Spotify and iTunes And for those of you that Are on podcast And do listen to the shows on podcast You also have the extra shows, so the shows that we might not play every second and fourth Saturday, as well as the after show chats of with our guests. So today, you guys, I mean, look, I try really hard to bring you guys really exciting shows, but today's show, it might not be as, uh, how can we say, scintillating as normal, but I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be just as interested because it's an interesting topic for me. So let me um, remind some of you guys, comments, feedback, we love them. Please go ahead and leave us a post on Instagram, go to our Facebook page, or as some of you guys have been doing, you guys have been actually been sending us an email uh, from our web page. So you guys will go down to the bottom of your web page. You put in your name, email address, and you send us a message. And we love that as well. So we want to thank you guys for that. Today's show, and today's show is brought to you by a non, it's not a, its not our normal sponsors, but today's show is brought to you by Pan-African Legal, Legal Services. And what Pan-African Legal Services does, so first of all, it's a nonprofit. And it caters specifically to the African community. And so if you have immigration issues, if you have immigration questions, if you are trying to immigrate to the U.S. and African Legal Services, they're there for you. So I would highly advise that those of you that are out of the country and might have questions on U.S. immigration with a changing environment, which we'll go into later, go ahead and give them a call. I mean, plus 1-833-529-7257. It's ran by very, very competent and experienced lawyers. And I think you guys will find what they have to tell you Very, 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 very useful. So if you want to email them, you can also email them at loso at thepeopleslawyer.org. We will put that information on our Facebook page. Um, So you guys can find their information on our Facebook page as well. And I think next month they might be our featured vendor. So you can find them on afrotalks.com for the entire month of September, right? It's going to be September. Yeah. Next month is September. This is currently in August. Clearly, somebody is ready for the end of the year to come. So, (laughs) you'll have to forgive me. But, with that being said, I am going to... Let me tell you guys a little bit about my background, okay? So, when I came to the U.S., I was three. And I came by myself, came with my uncle. My parents were already here they came here for school. And I think a lot of us within my age bracket, and I'm not going to give you guys my age bracket because I believe I've done that before, but a lot of us within my age bracket, our parents came here for school, always intended to go back home, whether it was Ghana, Nigeria, or Cote d'Ivoire. I have some friends from Cote d'Ivoire, Congo, always intended to go back home, but then sometimes things don't always pan out as they should and so they wind up staying. And when my parents were here, you know, my dad was working. Um, He wasn't supposed to be working because at the time, I think he had a student visa. His visa expired. He didn't go back. So he was working, obviously, he wasn't without, uh, without legal papers. And thank you at the time, it was Ronald Reagan that gave them amnesty. And so what happened was those individuals that And I'm going to have our guests jump in and correct me when, because, you know, we have immigration experts here, you guys. So the immigration expert can go ahead and correct me. But for those individuals that didn't have legal papers, they were given the ability to stay in the country legally. So it was was almost like, hey, hey, we know you've sinned by violating uh, U.S. immigration law. But you know what? Because we're so kind and so benevolent and we are the United States of America. We're going to go ahead and, you know, sweep all that under the rug. No problem. Give you some papers. Off you go. But that took a while. That took a while. And so now we have this changing immigration climate. And I say changing because I haven't seen this kind of immigration climate in my lifetime. And so I've seen an uptick of issues that people might have that I wouldn't necessarily think about that would be an issue. I'm not in immigration. I have practiced immigration law. But I'm not an immigration lawyer. I don't practice immigration day to day. So today, I decided to bring in my buddy. I call him Steve-O. And he's going to tell y'all his... <laughs> <laughs> you guys cannot call him Steve-O. But when you email him, please don't say, Dear Steve-O. But how, do, how should they address you, Steve? I'm Steve... Steven... Ejikeme. That's
1: my, uh, my Igbo name. I am Igbo-Nigerian. Igbo-Kwenu.
0: Oh gosh! Here we go. Yes, I had
1: to. add had to do the chant there just for all, all my evil people out there. But but yes, um, I I actually kind of like Stevo. I, I don't yeah. I don't mind it too much. Kinda I mean, cool. it, yeah, it it, it kind of reminds me of the the guy from Jackass. But um, <laughs> I I'm gonna steal it from him because oh I don't see him on God. TV anymore. So I'm gonna adopt it as as my the own. The
0: guy from Jackass. I remember that. <laughs> what a what a very interesting show. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. It was, that's, that's all I'm going to say on, on that show. Very interesting yeah, show. Yeah, hilarious. So we have Steve on the show. Steve is an immigration lawyer. He works here in Houston, and he runs Pan-African Legal Services. Uh, he does more than immigration law. So adjacent or ancillary to, complementary to immigration law, you do also have estate planning. And so for those of you that might come in, you have a business overseas, I mean, maybe, maybe you come in here, you've... You have a business, you don't really know what to do with it. How to maybe necessarily? Uh, how how should we say plan for? I don't want to say plan. It's not it's not planning for death, but well,
1: no, it's it's planning on how to protect your assets you in, in the event of death or injury. So there you, you want to make sure that your assets are secured. You want to make sure that your your, your funds are, are secured in the event should something happen to you or, or your business or, or your family members. So um, those are things that I definitely specialize in.
0: Yeah. So when you guys do call him or email him and you guys want to talk to him about that as well, you can go ahead and talk to him about that. I am not taking a cut from this. So for those <laughs> of you that are going to be like, oh, you know, she's getting something from it. I'm not. And you guys have been, you guys are, I have great listeners. So none of you guys really come at me like that. So I'm really, really happy and excited. But normally, as you guys know, I like to do fun facts. And so uh, normally that's how I introduce my guests. So yeah, Steve is an immigration lawyer. He also specializes in estate planning. Uh, he's been practicing law for how, how long, Steve? Uh,
1: a little over seven years now. A little
0: over seven years. Very competent and reputable in his field. He volunteers. I could really introduce him like that. It's all nice and great, he loves his community, he's a community person, he does take part in community events. He is part of um, Igbo... Umu Igbo Unite. There you go.
1: Also part of uh, NAMSI, NAMSI. which is the Nigerian-American Multicultural Council. I am also the co-founder of AfriPAC, which is a political affairs committee. Um, trying to get the African community more engaged politically um, in in the civic realm. I am also the president of the.
0: You can stop at <laughs> the, the the third one. You didn't have to go all, all the way into the eighth one. You see, yeah. I was only really going to mention the first two, you guys, Umo Ibo and Namsi. And here comes Devo with his. It's like he's like opening up a, a scroll. She's like. Flush,
1: yeah, and just
0: throws it open and he's like here is all the fat Steve is a great guy I mean as, as you guys can hear so what was the last one Steve? I didn't mean to cut the, you off
1: the last one and forgive me if I'm rattling off I mean this is just how we Africans roll we give all of our accolades and our titles and you know we want the red carpet Are you rolled a chief? out in front of us. I am not a chief but I am I am working on that I am definitely working on that I think that's the last thing I haven't achieved my dad is a chief he's, he's a double chief so oh, wow I'm working on that as well. But the last thing um, is that I am the president of the American Caribbean Chamber of Commerce, um, so uh, that is just something that happened recently. So I'm,
0: congratulations! Yes, yeah, I'm
1: very excited to to get involved with uh, the the Caribbean community here in Houston and nationwide as well, that and is worldwide.
0: Awesome! So many reasons why we love Stevo. I say we because you guys are gonna love him too. Because I mean, I. I bring pretty good guests on the show that I feel you guys would like based off of you guys' feedback, so I really try and cater to that. And so you guys said, hey, want to hear about this immigration thing? What do we do? And so along came Steve-O to the rescue. Let me tell you guys a few fun things about steve okay? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I, I'm going to do the fun facts that Steve-O gave me, and then I'm going to do the fun facts that i know about steve Uh-oh. which he doesn't know that i know so he loves to travel and uh i mean who doesn't like to travel right if you can get the time off you have the money and if your passport is updated hey man get on that plane jet out i mean gotta who would not
1: gotta do
0: it he has two little girls which i think is super cute especially cause steve was like six three definitely a towering figure so does he his. Powering figure with these two cute little girls. It's so adorable. And I just I just love it. He does believe that rice should be eaten with a spoon, not a fork. Yes. I personally agree with him. I don't really know how one comes to that conclusion steve oh man i
1: i i don't know but i it it, it irks me whenever i'm served rice and i'm given a fork to eat i'm just thinking in my head pick up the grains with exactly i think i'm gonna waste food at the end of this meal unless i'm just like scraping and you know you can use your finger you know to
0: pick up the
1: yeah but i mean it kind of defeats the purpose of using utensils you know i I think that it's just it's like a shovel you should scoop a shovel you know the The guy the
0: guy likes to eat it's like (laughs) a shovel spoon as like a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, much not a known fact. I'm not going to say a much known fact because I'll be a lie. But a non known fact about Steve is that he likes video-, video games on his spare time. And in my mind, I grew up with three brothers. So I'm thinking, who doesn't like video games on his spare time? Well, alas, Steve is African. And it's not very often that you see Africans yep. that on their spare time sit down and play video games. So, it's just a very, very funny thing. I like it. I think it's different. (laughs) Steve is kind of quirky in his own way. And I think that's what his whole charm is all about. He is married, ladies. For those of you that might be wondering yes Sorry. he is married he has two children as i yes. mentioned before he is very happily married even if he is not i'm going to tell you he's happily married <laughs> to deter any messages coming into my inbox saying man that guest what's his status yes i'm just putting it out there i'm preempting, y'all i'm preempting. so thank you steve welcome to the show thank you thank you i'm glad to be here thanks for having me yeah of course of course i mean you know, when you when you take a step back and you're like, hmm, well, I know how to talk about some stuff, but there's some stuff that I really don't know how to talk about competently. And so you bring in the experts, and so I brought you in. Awesome. You, you okay with that? Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I should see Steve. He's just kind of sitting here, real chill, real cool, <laughs> you know, he has his hair in like these it's like a a fade on the side, but like... ai am going to call it a short... It's not a bust cut, but like a short, yeah. short-ish short bust cut with like these little twisties in his hair. Yeah. He's just sitting here with his hands folded.
1: Um, I was trying something new this year with, with the hair, so I, I think I'm doing something with it. I just don't know what to call it yet, but... Um.
0: I, you know, I've seen that style. I know... I've I've seen that style. It, it, might, it has to be a thing. I'm not sure if our viewers overseas if this is the new style for men, but if it is... Hey, feel free to correct me, but it's apparently a thing. So I find it very fascinating, in fact. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's, I, I digress. I digress. As you guys know, I sometimes like to describe what my guests are doing and wearing because I think you guys get a better idea of what is going on. <laughs> and I'm not just sitting here talking to some pre-recorded robot with a very nice voice. It's an actually a real person. and We're having a dialogue. So thank you, Steve, for coming to the show. Now, let me tell you why I have you on the show. So... For those of you guys might not know, we record from Houston, and Houston has a large immigrant community, um, very large immigrant population. And I moved to Houston. When I moved to Houston, I you know, network with lawyers, meet with lawyers. And when the current president got elected, and at the time I was practicing immigration law, a lot of people were asking me these questions that, I mean, normally it would be an easy answer, but because of the trends that we had been seeing in immigration, it was like, well, I don't really, I can't really answer that question for you. I mean, you got to look at the history, you got to do your projection, and I'm not in the field like that to know those, to know the history and do those projections. So, uh, Houston's large immigrant population, I've noticed an uptick in, shall we say, yeah immigration concerns i don't know if that's because of the large amount of immigrants in houston or what's going on but steve is really going to unpack that for you guys i'm going to allow him to unpack that for you guys Yep. and so the point of this show especially today is if you're out in the, if you're maybe not in the u.s obviously but are interested in coming to the u.s for one reason or the other Maybe you might become a permanent diasporan. It's really important that you know things, unique traps for the unwary. We call that in tax, traps for the unwary. Things that might get you in trouble that you wouldn't necessarily think of as you're you know, thinking of immigrating or as, are, as you're currently on that journey or as you're going through it. Maybe it might give you a better idea of how to navigate that journey. And so... I, 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 I'm I really curious, Steve. I mean, I saw you nodding your head when I was talking about the uptick in, in questions. What do you think that is due to? Um,
1: I think there, in general, in this country is... Um, high amount of fear because of the prevalence of I would say maybe like a a xenophobia going on Mm -hmm. where um, the majority is threatened by the increase of minorities and they kind of look at them as invaders from another planet so to speak Mm -hmm. and I think there is this feeling of you know, wanting to get rid of them. You know, as if they're like vermin in the streets, mm. and mm. Um, it's caused the immigrant uh, population and, and a lot of the majority minority community to feel, in a sense, not welcome. And it's a big change from you know the previous administration. You know, because it's it's more of a hey, we don't want you, rather than okay, you're here, how can we integrate you into the community? So yeah. we're not hearing as much of how we can integrate you in the community, we're hearing, hey, you need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's, that's it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a rational cause for fear, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just, you know, kind of just the circumstances of, of how we live now.
0: Do you think that, and I don't think, these, these are things that a lot of people are not aware of, uh, if they don't, number one, if they don't practice in immigration, But when a lot of people are starting their immigration journey they go in with rose-colored glasses i'm just going to submit this form everything's going to be okay everything's going to be cool some people want to try and go through the process by themselves without hiring a lawyer and maybe before they might have been able to do that i don't know but in this current climate and maybe as seeing the way things are going if somebody wants to go through the process of coming to the U.S., right? Because right now, there's no more visa lottery, as you guys may or may not know. There's no no more visa lottery into the U.S. So what are the ways people can come to the U.S.? You have a visiting visa. I'm going to name off the ones that I know. Sure. Got a visiting visa. You have the investment one. Yep. Um, You have uh, visa. Do you have work? Yep. You have, uh, if you're a special specialized maybe like you're a musician yep. or something An like that. entertainers
1: visa, you know, if you have a special talent, a special skill um, if you're coming to present something educational or you know, you're like oh, Nobel really? prize level type okay. of Okay, you know, okay, I see what you're saying. People, yeah. Um, of course you can get married. That's the most popular one. Mm-hmm. Um, and little known ones is you can actually enter, uh, either as an asylee or a refugee. Mm. So those are, those are, um, the many ways you can enter this country.
0: Yeah. Now is a, the, like a talent or skill. If you're somebody who speaks a lesser, lesser known language in a particular country. And maybe you have family in the US and you that family wants to teach their kids that language. Is it possible for the person in that foreign country to come based off of that skill? Um
1: my first instinct I, I wouldn't This is I wouldn't, kind of it. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't think that would be, you know, a, a qualification on its own merit to be able to come into the country. But um, I do know that there are certain languages um, designated by the government as endangered mm. languages, and they are trying to ramp up efforts to keep those languages alive through different, um, you know, educational cur- curriculums and everything. So if you came saying that I wanted to teach this uh, lesser known semi going on extinct language Mm -hmm. that might be something that uh you you may be able to to get in for but i mean i to me in in my mind it would be something that you would have to um already have set up with a a reputable university okay um you know some some type of college in order to to teach that on a on a a a wide scale
0: okay so apart from just the process of trying to get here what are some of the challenges that immigrants face when they actually do come to the U.S.?
1: Uh, I mean it's it's so many because um, I think right now in this climate you're 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 highly scrutinized when when you come in. I mean they want to know why you're coming in. They want to know who you're with. They want to know. What you you know where you're staying, mm-hmm. a contact number, who your family is, are you going to be working, are you here for business or pleasure? Um, they of course ask you to the tenth degree of exactly what you're doing in the country, and, and it's almost as if you know it's like Big Brother monitoring you. Yeah. Um, it's just something that you you have to be aware of when when you get in, and of course they will tell you what you can and can't do um, if you're here. Um, you know, like on a visitor visa, of course you can't work, you know, there's certain things that you can't do. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but if you are coming to work, then there's also certain, you know, if you're coming for school, then there's certain things you can not do if they if you're coming in for another reason. I mean, there, there's all types of restrictions and, you know, I won't, I won't go into, you know, all of them, but, um, I'm sure everybody has a a, a relative that they can relate to that, uh, has tried Mm -hmm. to come into the country or is in the country and is now facing, you know, certain, uh, you know, obstacles and, and hurdles that are, that are making it difficult for them to prosper in the country.
0: Yeah. So what, 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 I guess not really what, but, uh, for those of you that are able to come in great but I also have a, fear, a fair amount of people saying it's so hard to get visas these days. And so you're going through the process, the challenges of trying to come in, and then you can't even get the visa. And I know of some people that had visiting visas, let's just say, what, a few years ago, renewed every two years. And all of a sudden, in the past you know, year and a half, they take the same visiting visa back and it's not renewed. And so yep. why 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 are we hearing these stories of oh it's so hard to get in, you know, what's going on? A lot of people are very confused and I don't really know why what what's happening? What's the change?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's really just this this administration today. Um unfortunately, you know, the the Trump administration is not as open and welcoming um, mm-hmm. of immigrants as as previous administrations have been. So, um, yeah, I've I've heard exactly that. I have relatives now that um, you know have visitor visa and they want to overstay because they they tell me with their own words, if I leave, Trump won't let me back in. Wow. Um. So there is that fear that if you go, you won't be able to come back um you know which kind of gives the administration more ammo to feel the way they feel but yeah. um yeah there there really has been a decrease in reapprovals of visitor visas or, or extensions really? um why that is it's really just policy
0: um yeah. that's
1: that's really the best way to, to describe it. it it's you know not not one singular thing, but, mm-hmm. um, just the policy of the administration and, and just the, the increased crackdown on, on immigrants in, in general. So, um, it, it's unfortunate, but, um,
0: you know, it's funny, Yeah, you know, it's funny What when the elections were happening because before the elections happened, uh, when president Trump was running against uh, secretary Clinton, I was in, I was working in Nigeria at the time. And Nigerians, not all of them, but I had so many Nigerians that were, yes, elect Trump because you know Obama <laughs> was pro gay marriage and he's oh you know making America gay, and Clinton yeah. just gonna continue this. And so there were these very, I'm gonna say, uh, surface reasons for you know, why they felt the way they felt. Yeah. And it. Ironically, it's these same people that are that were saying yes, this is the man to bring in office, that they're they're also having the effects of having him in office, which is an immigration crackdown. Yep. And a lot of people that you know followed Trump when he was running kind of suspected that would happen, and so and I'm sure Steve Steve, you did this, but when I was when I came back and after Trump before Trump came into power. And I was doing some immigration work, I would encourage my clients, I'm like, look, whatever you need to get done, whatever you need to apply for, apply for it before the election. Just yep. apply for it before the election because you stand a better chance of maybe getting an approval or so on and so forth. Because even, and we, was that what was happening? Did you hear when this, before the new administration came in, that hate there's going to be a crackdown? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, definitely. it, it... It's just the, the the nature of the game is is whenever there's a shift in in political powers and this shift was probably a bigger shift than than most people well, uh, are used to yeah this was this sure. was a, a lot a lot bigger shift I mean so Trump is so far, right of center Mm -hmm. than most, um, previous Republican administrations. So, um, yes, there was, there was definitely that fear of, Hey, you know, try to get everything done and and applied for and push through as much as possible because he's going to come after, you know, immigrants and then try to really crack down. He's going to, you know, attack uh, DACA, which is, you know, something that is, he's still, it's still under attack. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's really no, um, no path to citizenship, you know, when uh, Obama was in office, you know, they were working towards the DREAM Act and um, that has kind of hit a standstill right now, even though there are still advocates for it. Um, there are powers that be, you know, namely in, in uh, Congress and, and uh, the Senate that are really trying to keep that from happening. So. Um, yeah, that's just the general um, consensus whenever there is a, a shift, um, especially from a Democratic to a Republican administration, mm, is yeah. that there, it's going to be more restrictive in terms of yeah. letting, letting people in yeah. know, immigration-wise.
0: So if that's the case, and the person is already here, and you know, they're like, look, man, this guy's in power. Like you said, you have some relatives that are like, I'm going to overstay. Yeah. Is that... Is that something? And I don't, I don't want to say. Would you recommend that people overstay? That <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not recommending. These I can't do
1: that. I didn't say that.
0: But can you get deported just purely by overstaying a visiting visa, or no?
1: So I, I know there's that that fear, and definitely you are accumulating um, um, time that you yeah. are here illegally. But um, I wouldn't say that that would be. On its own, the instance for you to get deported. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if there are certain other activities that that you're doing that that cause you to have, you know, the spotlight mm-hmm. against you, then. Um, once they look into it, uh, it'll it'll definitely you know affect you uh, along down the line. So I mean, it's okay. it's it's definitely a risk. I yeah. mean, it's it's not good. And and I tell people you know if if your visa is about to come up that you you should leave and try to come back in. But the reality is is that I mean there's so much more at stake with with people and and, and everybody has different different situations. So um, it's it's just one of those things. It's uh, you know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, yeah. type of thing. So,
0: so for the people that are actually here, right, <clears throat> legally, let's just say maybe they came with their spouse, or um, you know they're in the process of getting a green card, and so they're not at risk for deportation at the moment. But let's just say one day, and we we see this a lot in the in the African community, um, domestic violence, very unfortunately, very common. I would say when I was doing immigration, I would of the African uh, clients that we had that would come in, at least half of them had questions about, oh, what happens if I report this or I reported this to the police? What is now going to happen? So tell us how domestic violence and just kind of getting in trouble with the law can affect your ability to receive or get permanent residency here in the US. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. So, um, violence of in, in any nature is something that is you don't want to engage in while while you're in the U.S. trying to get citizenship. Um,
0: Let's just make this clear, you guys. He's not saying even after you get citizenship, you should yeah. engage in it. <laughs> By no means is he saying that.
1: <laughs> don't run amok and start, you know, exactly. committing crimes because I will not help you.
0: No, he won't. not I don't,
1: I don't do criminal law, so I really won't help you. I I, I'm, I just don't practice it, so
0: and plus he's very principled
1: yes yes absolutely so um but in general going back to domestic violence um i personally have seen instances where it has limited people from being able to get their status and it has been cause for them to uh, be entered into deportation proceedings wow Um, i used to work for the harris county attorney's office and um I represented CPS in child termination hearings. Now, yes, you're as you've heard it. It is it is as depressing as it sounds. I am helping kids get to um, a better family, a better life, and I had to remove them from parents that were not doing what they were supposed to do for their children. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, uh, a Vietnamese couple where uh, the father was heavily abusing the mother Mm -hmm. and I mean it was stuff that you you just couldn't even imagine that was going on uh, if you if you read it on paper and it was through that suit that Immigrate, you know Customs Immigration got called um, In order to inform them about exactly what was going on because he did not have full citizenship yet But it was through this case that it kind of hindered him Mm-hmm. in trying to get, um, you know, his, his papers. So um, it's definitely something that that, that can affect somebody. Um, I definitely don't recommend that before or after. Just, you know, say no to violence. Just, you know, try to... The more peaceful you are, I think it's a lot easier for you to, to gain your citizenship status because um, even if you in, engage in acts of violence in whatever country you're from, mm-hmm. if they see that... Um, when you're trying to apply, they're going to heavily probe that because they don't oh. want to they they have a fear of letting in people that are going to engage in crimes and that that's kind of goes back to the um, this this fear of immigrants is that they're coming in and committing crimes. they're mm. killing you know our our people, they're raping our women and and kidnapping our children and you don't want to give them any type of cause for that Mm -hmm. so I think domestic violence kind of falls in line with that is you know hey you know just come in the country you know respect the laws and and you know be law-abiding citizens and and as as best as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think that for those that are experiencing violence outside of the U.S., say they are trying to immigrate to the U.S., Mm -hmm. but they're experiencing violence there. Say maybe they're homosexual and um, they're being persecuted in their country. What are avenues that those people can come in? Because some of them feel that they got to sneak in. And so, first of all, these immigration stuff, I call it stuff, it costs money. It's not free. Oh, yeah. And so... What legal avenues for those that are maybe able to or able to get somebody to sponsor their way here? What are, what are the avenues that um, homosexuals that are being persecuted can use to come into the US legally?
1: Yeah. Um, I would the, the main thing I would say is if you're in a country that is you know persecuting you because you're homosexual, I would say to apply um, under refugee status. Um, in order to to come here and then if you're already here but you have a fear of going back well then you are what is termed as an an, an asylum so oh, you're okay, you're that's applying for asylum yes that oh, is a difference between asylum and, and refugee status so refugee you're you're outside trying to come in asylum is like you're like hey I'm here I'm scared of going back because of ABCD grant me status so oh, yeah
0: see I didn't know this yeah before before uh. I started practicing. These are terms of art that going in, you know, you don't really know. Yeah. And I know that a lot of you guys, because you're not in the immigration field, don't know that. I don't, ex- I don't expect you guys to know that. I think that's what we're kind of here for. But um, so as you violence, no, no, it's like write the word violence and then put a circle around it and then put a diagonal, put a red circle and then put a diagonal uh, line from the left from the bottom left to the top right <laughs> or you can just put an x within the circle that is absolutely just out of the question say it is no. it's not it's like it's like it's like drugs yep. just say no to drugs just, just say, say no, no to violence yep and it, it's unfortunate because you hear uh, an uptick in and I don't know really to say an uptick but but here in Houston we have a large immigrant and african population and sometimes on the news you'll hear of a guy, it's usually a guy. Let me not say usually. It's always a man that kills his wife and for one reason or the other he kills her, he murders her. Or it's, and you hear all these stories and um, it's like it's it's kind of it's kind of mind boggling, it's kind of almost appalling. So before you get there where you're gonna do that, get see, get some help. And we're not here, we're not psychiatrists or psychologists, but in order to preserve your status here, or maybe you're hoping to get status in order to kind of preserve what you have going on, just really try and stay away from those kinds of things. And so look, if you are dating a crazy chick and she drives you nuts, she drives you up the wall, (laughs) but sometimes, you know, things happen and you give her a black eye because she's just talking at you or whatever it is, or for one reason or the other, dude, man, go and get yourself lower blood, blood pressure and go live a single life and make sure yeah. that you do what you need to do to keep your ass clean. Okay? Just walk away. Just Yeah. Just walk away. Just walk away. Like, it's not worth it. Permanently. <laughs> like, permanently walk away. Not <laughs> for two hours. Just walk away completely. Yeah. Same thing with you ladies.
1: Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I would say in general, I think the U.S.'s approach to domestic violence is a lot more harsh than mm. other countries. And and of course, that I could be wrong because I don't live outside the U.S., but it is my view, you know, of other people that I have spoke with that I think the U.S. frowns upon it a lot more than other countries. And I think, um, and I've, I've seen domestic violence in a lot of different immigrant communities, but yeah. I think here... It's just one of those things that it is a no-no, you know, on the yeah. first date. They don't give you a warning. They don't say, you know, do this. No, they will, you know, go ahead and, and arrest you and throw the book at you completely. I mean, oh, so, wow. Yeah, it's... it's.
0: So that means domestic violence can really affect one's immigration status.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's highly frowned upon. And yeah. I, I think it's just something that... Um, if you're aware that it happens in your relationship, you need to either make it stop before you come or mm-hmm. seek another relationship where you mm-hmm. don't have to engage in, in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and we're not saying that if, you know, if you guys choose not to um, fix that those problems before you come here and if, if there's domestic violence when you do get here, we're not saying sit there and take it. If you, by all means, the the courts are here and the police are here to deal with issues, and so I know that some people might be fearful that, hey, if I report this, then you know something is going to compromise my spouse's ability to get status, and at the end of the day, that's a personal choice and that's your choice to make, but the option is there for you and it's not something that this country condones very much especially when it comes to uh people coming into the u.s that are not americans gotta be squeaky 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 clean yep and so just don't do it that's what we're gonna say just don't do it uh but if, if you happen to be here right if you happen to be here and you still can't get permanent status and you're like, man, dude, gotta go somewhere. I hear Canada's a great choice. <laughs> I mean, is going to Canada really a viable option, though, if you can't get permanent status in the US, Steve? Um,
1: actually, I, I have seen and, and heard of quite a great deal of people that, that do choose that route because, um, fortunately, Canada is a lot more welcoming of immigrants mm-hmm. uh, than the current US administration, of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, I actually have a relative that, um, went to Canada and spent a few years there, got full citizenship, and then they now just come back and forth, oh, wow. um, to, to, to visit in the U.S. So that, that is one option because, you know, they're not as restrictive with Canadian citizens as they are with citizens from other countries, um.
0: You know, because, yeah, it's not, it's it's not
1: technically a, a, a minority country. Yeah. So
0: there are neighbors,
1: there are neighbors. Yes. There are neighbors to the north and, um, they're a lot less restrictive with our neighbors to the north than they are with our neighbors neighbors to the south. south. Yeah. So, um,
0: our neighbors to the south are not friends of the current administration. I'm sure a lot of you guys have figured out and have heard. Yeah. The stories are true, so these are not. These are not. These are not made up news stories. It's not. It's not fake news. Even though I'm sure some people would, you want to argue that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, always, <laughs> always want to argue that. So my question, and this is this is going to be for those of you who are students and are thinking of coming in. So I know, some students, or some people might, come in with a visiting visa, come into the U.S. and apply for uh, F F1B. Yeah. Or, apply for their mm-hmm. uh, whatever their student visa is. Yeah. Or they can do that process before they even come into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which one is better. I know that sometimes if you come into the U.S. with a visiting visa and you apply for an F-1, um, there are certain you might have to, if your visa is close to expiring, you're going to have to file an extension of some sort. If you don't do that, then it's like a K-leg. And so there's all yep. these attendant issues. But which, in this climate, which which is better? I and mean, which is the, the, the path of least resistance, if that's even possible within immigration?
1: Yeah, I would say doing it ahead of time, okay. absolutely. Um, the The bad thing about our immigration system is that it is extremely slow. And it's extremely backed up, so um, there's a lot of long wait times for a lot of different applications. Depending on what type of visa you're trying to get or, okay. or how you're trying to immigrate into this country, um, you can face months, even years of wait for oh, a, wow. cer- a certain visa. But um, <clears throat> in the case of you trying to get an edu- uh, a student visa to come into the country. Especially if you have a, an educational institution that is willing to, to back that and to sponsor on your behalf so that you can come um, and study here. Like if you let's say you got accepted you know, to a university here and they're willing to you know, apply for a visa on your behalf, I think that's probably the best and fastest way for you to come in um, to study here as, as, as a student.
0: Now, this is, you got, you've, you're got you in, let's just say you're in Cote d'Ivoire or you're in Ghana and you've gotten accepted into a school in the U.S. So this is while you're abroad, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I'm yeah, just, while just, you're abroad, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I mean, look, you guys, immigration, there are a lot of minefields within immigration. Personally, it's not an application process that I would recommend doing by yourself, simply because we don't know those of you, us who are not in the field, we don't know the current climate and what the realities are. Once we put through that application, it's not as predictable as it might've been under previous administrations. So you do have, um, free services available for you. Go there for questions, uh, and look, Reach out to Steve if you guys have questions. He will answer your questions. He's, Steve is a very, very nice guy. Very, very honest. And he's not going to try and upcharge you nah. for <laughs> f- just for answering your question or really for anything. Very, very fair. Very, very fair person. He's that kind of person where he's, he's the example of the types of people we like to feature on this show. He's using his diaspora experience to make some sort of positive change and the positive change that he's making is the in the lives of those who might want to come to the US these are things you should do watch out for these things and by the way we'll give you free help i mean what what is more positive than that i mean <laughs> Steve-O, like, do you have wings, angel wings, right underneath your shirt? <laughs> I bet you he does. but well, they're probably, like, rainbow-colored wings.
1: I'm, I'm looking at I, I, I don't see them. <laughs> I, I don't know what she, she's talking about. Um,
0: no. Pan African Legal Services. We will have them on our on our website for you guys to have access to that information.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's why we're here. I mean, that's exactly why I started Pan African Legal Services. Is that there's just a lot of information that you would go to a traditional immigration lawyer that doesn't look like you, and they wouldn't tell you because they don't care and mm-hmm. they're more concerned with how much you're going to pay them, but. I like to give tips, you know, and, and insight insight into kind of the immigration laws and, and things that you should and should not be doing so that you don't suffer the same pitfalls as some of your relatives and, um, dare I say, ancestors that have tried to come into this country Yeah. Uh, but before you. So um, it, it's just better as a whole if our community is more informed so that um, sure. there's this change in perception of, of the African community. And that's something that I want to help affect.
0: Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> we love people like Steve-O. I know our listeners love people like you, even though they're just hearing you for the first time, but we love people like steve For those of you who are not in the U.S., we will try and have this same show for our U.K. listeners and for those listening in Australia, depending on if you guys want that. If you guys don't, we won't do it, but... We're definitely gonna to have to try and have the same show for our UK listeners. So, be on the lookout for that because I mean, look, we got we gotta cover all our bases, or we, like, we at least gotta try and cover cover the big bases. So I just want to thank my buddy Steve-O for coming onto the show. Absolutely. You uh, left us. His- two girls at home and his wife that he is happily married to ladies <laughs> and some men that may be interesting. You gotta got keep reminding him, don't you? <laughs> he left them at home to come and do this show and we really, really appreciate it. So, Steve-O, is there, are there any last minute tidbits or any, you know, parting words that you have for our listening audience?
1: Well, um, for those that are trying to um, come into this country, if you know someone that, that needs help, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'm definitely um, open to answering all your questions, um, or at least I will point you in the direction of someone that that can. But um, as a community, I think we need to be more open with sharing information to, to help and uplift one another. So. Um, don't just listen to the contact information and and say, oh, okay, that's his contact. Well, actually, write it down, mm-hmm. take note of it. Um, if you don't need it, someone does, and for I sure. know for sure you know someone that does. So um, pass for the sure. info along because I I am a wealth of of information and knowledge. I have different connections here and there, and I and I and I definitely want to help as many people benefit from it as much as possible.
0: Awesome. Well, you guys. That is, with that, I have nothing else to add because he's just kind of wrapped it up really nicely. It's almost like a Christmas gift, you know, in the middle of the year. You're like, (laughs) oh, this is amazing. It's unexpected, but I like it. It's kind of like that. So we will see you guys. We won't see you guys. You know, I've said this before. We will see you guys. I'm sorry. I keep saying it. You guys will hear from us and we will certainly hear from you guys when you listen to the next show. Thank you, Steve, for coming in. I'm gonna have Absolutely. him on another show because yep. he's a wealth of knowledge and information. And there is something else that I think you guys might like to, might want to hear from him about. But <laughs> that's in the works. He doesn't Secret. know that yet. He just found out. He's just finding this information out. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared. It's just you know a what? Good. We we know when people are like, oh, we love that guest. They're so amazing. They don't they don't say amazing. It's usually like you know, God bless you, God bless the person you had on, and all this other stuff. So when you get that great feedback, they're like, can that person come back? I'm like, you know what? We can, we can make that happen. We can arrange for that. <laughs> so thank you so much, Steve. Um, those of you who are podcasting, you go ahead and click on uh, after show chats. We're going to have a bit more candid conversation with Steve. And we thank you so much. You guys make it possible for us to continue doing this. So God bless you guys. And today, I don't know how I'm gonna to end today. I, I know I try and end the show differently every day, but uh, in my language, you, we would say we can say "tamba," and we just kind of like you know stay well, be well type thing. What, what how would you say that in Igbo? Uh,
1: que mesia, which means see you later or we'll we'll see later until until next time. Kemesia? Um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So with that, you guys, "kemencia."